from the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and this is The Authorcast. Welcome back to The Authorcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure to sit down with the president and CEO of the International Association of Venue Managers, Brad Main. Brad has an extensive career in the venue management industry, most notably at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, and at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. He has served as the president and CEO of IEVM for the past five years. During this interview, we discuss the state of the industry, challenges that we will face opening back up, and finish up with a preview of IEVM Venue Connect that will be hosted at the Georgia Royal Congress Center on August 2nd through the 5th. As always, thank you for listening and supporting the Authorcast. All episodes are currently available on gwcca.org backslash the Authorcast. It is also available on Apple and Spotify. And now, my conversation with Brad Main. I'm joined today with Brad Main, the president and CEO of the IAVM. Welcome to the Authorcast, Brad. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. You don't know this, but this is the first in-person interview we've done in over a year. Oh, so well, I can only imagine. <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about today, and thank you for your time and joining us, is, you know, we're coming at the end of the pandemic, hopefully, and, you know, a, a lot of the way we did life got suspended, I guess would be the right way right. to do it, but especially in the venue industry. What are some of the things that your organization did, you know, to provide leadership to venue managers throughout the country during this time? And what are you looking forward to as we're moving forward past that? Well, I'm looking forward to getting out of the pandemic, that's for sure. Um, we we created a, a large series of webinars because everyone was remote. <clears throat> and uh, we went out and created a community of experts um, in all of the different industries that we serve. So we had meeting planners. Um, you know, we had uh, concert promoters. Uh, we obviously, uh, we, we do have a safety and security program, and we have a lot of uh, connections with the federal government there. So we brought in uh, CDC and Infectious Disease uh, Society of America. Uh, we actually uh, partnered with the organization ISSA, which is a sanitation association for cleaning COVID and, uh, you know, making sure that everyone was safe. And is that, is that G Star? That's G Star, okay. which uh, we were the first I was going to say, center. we can yeah. be very proud. <laughs> Frank was uh, chair of, of the committee that we put mm -hmm. together. And um, he and Brett uh, Mitchell with the Overland Park really put that whole program together for us. Um, I, had, I had seen it and thought, wow, this is something that our members need. Um, and uh, we, we gathered all these experts from all these different industries as to you're either a customer or you're a, an expert in the specific area that we need guidance on. So as we, we put together a 92-page uh, protocol program for fighting COVID and hosting events safely. We didn't know when the, you know, when the uh, pandemic would uh, subside and we'd be able to get back to opening up. Uh, so we thought it could be next month, yeah. having no clue or idea how long it was going to take. And so um, we brought together uh, 
probably about 60 uh, venue professionals and said, we need this this group of people to pay attention, for example, to um, why are masks important and when should they be worn and how you can administrate that if someone's not wearing it. We wanted to know um, uh, the sanitation of the building. What were the best practices? And uh, something that was uh, taken into consideration the environment as well. You know, not not going out and getting harmful chemicals uh, to the you know to nature um, that would fight uh, the uh, COVID virus itself. Uh, we we brought in communication specialists to. Uh, say, okay, we're going to have all these protocols. How do we communicate that we're going to be safe? Um, we brought in uh, cybersecurity because we felt with everybody going online that uh, that there was going to be an uptick there. So CISA, which is a part of Department of Homeland Security, brought their experts in yeah. and uh, you know gave us uh, guidance and direction. Um, and uh, you know we just really went out of our way to make sure that we created. Uh, resources for our venue professionals that they could enact and uh, know that that it was going to be the best practice. And we we didn't call them uh, standards. We were careful not to say that because every building's different. Um, we didn't want to call them best practices. It's a cliche that we felt some people use and and uh, it's used too often. So uh, we put together what we thought were the uh, protocols that would get us our venue professionals, uh, you know, through the pandemic. Um, and we did that in a lot of different ways, but mostly through our webinars. But we also created uh, all different types of uh, white papers and resources that uh, they could uh, turn to on any specific uh, topic that uh, they needed to uh, learn about as it related to the virus. So do you think you know, a lot of these practices will be with us moving forward forever, things that we learned during this pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I listen to NPR all the time, and uh, I remember I'm talking about uh, the flu um, prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. and that 60,000 people died because of the flu. Yeah. And that was never on my radar. No, when never. I was a venue operator, or, you know, in my life or anything. And, um, you know, the, the fact that, uh, what we do for this particular virus works for all different types of diseases. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in order to make sure that we're as safe as we can be gathering large crowds, uh, I believe that it's going to continue forward. And, uh, you know, many of these practices, and I think, you know, we're going to learn uh, better ways to do it, uh, more efficient ways to do it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it clearly, a lot of the, a lot of what these protocols have been, um, will continue forward, uh, even even if we don't have a pandemic that's actually taking place, because we can help stop these pandemics from starting yeah. if we do all the right things. You know, as we sit here today in early July of 20, 2021, where do you see the state of our industry? It goes state by state, yeah, uh, as you know, and that that that's the biggest challenge that we have faced is. There are states that are already open, um, and there are states that still, uh, you know, have restrictive uh, protocols in place. Uh, California, up until June 15th, wasn't allowing uh, any more than 10 people yeah. to gather, uh, you know, and, and uh, they 
they're they're moving forward slowly. And I think that's what we're going to see is yeah. each of these states will follow their own protocols. Um, some of them are handed down by the state. Some of them the state tells the counties and the cities that it's going to be their responsibility. Um, but uh, we're going to start seeing the buildings opening. We're going to see more and more people, um, you know, feeling safe yeah. and uh, attending events. Um there, there really is a pent up demand. Absolutely. Take a look at the uh, the concert industry. Ticketing companies said that when all these shows were postponed, or uh, yeah, the, the shows that were being postponed, that eighty percent of the people that had tickets were holding onto the tickets. Yeah. So, um, and uh, anyone that has been able to go to a full house shows that normally would be you know, two thirds, three quarters full are selling out Yeah, because people want to get back and have that communal experience. And we're going to, we're going to continue to see that everywhere we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, the challenge is going to be with the new variants that keep coming yeah. out. We're keeping close tab on that. The good news is so far, each one of these variants, uh, the um, vaccines are working for and, and our cleaning protocols are working for. Um, but who knows what the next strain is going to be and if it's going to, give us a setback or not. And we all have to be prepared and ready for that. Um, but at the same time, uh, we should all be looking to continue to uh, grow the events industry, yeah. host as many events as we can that, that you know, within reason. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's going to probably take at least another year from now before yeah. we get back to pre-pandemic type of experiences. Um, but uh, it's certainly it's certainly going to get back. Uh, people have an inherent uh, desire to be with other people. I agree. I uh, what you, you were obviously in Atlanta and the Hawks are making an NBA run, right? Yeah. Uh, playoff run. Yeah, I talked and with Steve Coonan on. Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to attend uh, game four couple of nights ago and I told my wife I I was blown away at how normal it felt you know to be in a full arena with fans and like that atmosphere and how good it felt to to be in the crowd again like that it is a great experience um, and at the same time there was testing going on outside the building so it's I think that's a good example of hey it's going to be with us for a while there's still going to be but we can move forward uh, and do it safely and do it in a way that people are excited to be right. back. You know, and our industry is risk adverse. Yeah. So they're going to be careful. They're not going to jump in. It's not going to be a light switch and all of a sudden everything's back. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, as as the president of, of, of this association, do you have any concerns about the demand outpacing the, you know, a lot of our venues are going to have to beef up staff, you know, because they had to let staff go and stuff. Or is that a concern of yours that, that is, arenas that open and people want to come back and we may not be prepared? That because- is the biggest challenge that our venues are facing right yeah. now. So uh, we're doing job fairs. We're we're bringing people in uh, for webinars and podcasts to talk about uh, the challenges that they're facing and and how to address that. Uh, you know, we we've we followed with uh, human resources uh, experts about um, why are people staying away, and there's yeah. you know some of the things I never would have thought of. Uh, you know, we all you heard in the news that uh, people were getting paid more money on uh, 
from the government uh, for, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting what it's called, but they're not working. So they're um, getting funds. On the unemployment. The unemployment. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and and um, people reticent to get back into uh, large crowds and, you know, different things like that. But as we talked with these HR specialists, uh, a lot of people had time during the pandemic to think about their life. Yeah, absolutely. And as we know, in the venue industry, um, you know, you can't work from home because you have to be in the venue. Yeah. And um, some of those folks, uh, why they were furloughed or, or uh, working from home uh, to do their work, um, you know, found that they weren't working weekends, evenings, and holidays, yeah. which is when people gather. Which is when we go to events. And they looked at that and thought, you know what? Maybe I need to get into a different position. Maybe yeah. I need to go to another industry. Yeah. Plus, the you know, the fact that some of those folks that were thinking, well, if the pandemic does this, does this to my industry, but didn't do it to other industries. Yeah. Let me go there. I'll go there because yeah. I won't have to deal with this again in the yeah, future absolutely. if it ever comes back up. Um, so, And there really is a, a real interest. We've been studying a lot for our staff. We had one month before the pandemic went to a remote work policy where you worked uh, three days from home and two days in the office. And and we were able to transition really quick. We have found that our employees, because of the work that the association itself does, are um, able to create uh, more uh, success working from home than they ever did yeah. working in the office. Yeah. And so, uh, and we're different than a venue is, but everyone's learning something new and different. I mean, I sit on the communications and marketing side for this venue, and I was able to do my job almost to the same effectiveness. You know, the, I'm I'm happy to be back in the office. You know, it was it's great seeing my coworkers, but you know, I was one of the few people in this building that could do their could do my job away. Right, you know? right. So you knew what that feeling was, yeah. You know, I, I talked to one of the employees uh, here at uh, GWCC, and uh, I've known him for years, but didn't know much about his personal life. And I said, so where do you live? And he told me, and I said, well, how long of a commute do you have? And he said, it, it's about an hour yeah. both ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so people uh, really had a chance to think about what they were doing is what they wanted to continue to do. Um, and so there's a lot of people who have found out that they can hire themselves out as an individual yeah. and don't have to work for a company yeah. and that they can get by. So there's there's a lot more reasons out there as to why we're having a, a problem finding individuals. Yeah. But but I think that'll slowly come back and, it, and it's going to cost our industry a lot of money yeah. and that'll be passed down to the customer yeah. um, to, you know, to incentivize individuals to come back to work. That brings me great to my next question. I we we talk a lot here about our brand service promise to create compelling guest experiences. And um do you think and we may not we don't have we probably don't have enough evidence to know this, but you know, guest expectations, do, do you see that for seeing being a change of what what they expectate from coming to an event, you coming to a convention, coming to a play, than they did you know, 14, 15 months ago. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the customer is more empowered today than they ever have yeah. been, uh, both through technologies um, uh, and the like. And um, 
there's going to be real high expectations because the business that we're in, uh, unless unless you're coming to these venues because your work is sending you, but if you're an individual that, for example, is purchasing sports tickets mm-hmm. or or uh, entertainment and the like, um, they could spend their money someplace else if their experience isn't what they want it to be when yeah. they come to our venues. They they can they can stream anything they want to see now from the comfort of their home, and the beer is a lot less expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And so yes, they're um, so yes, uh, the guest experience really has to be elevated in every one of our venues so that those individuals enjoy what they do. Uh, it was convenient. Yeah, uh, the experience was exactly what they expected it to be, um, and they felt safe. I imagine they felt safe. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it, it really is going to be a change and, um, you're going to see a lot more people, uh, demanding more for that experience. You know, I think our industry doesn't face or the convention business doesn't face as much of the in-home experience being a lot better than the in-venue experience that our sporting, uh, partners do. But I think one thing that we have noticed is that, and you mentioned this earlier, is that the Zoom meetings in the digital space to the conventions, while I think that that will be a part of people's programming, you know, for the foreseeable future and probably forever, people do want to meet together and network together and connect together. So I, I think that, you know, that would be. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the hybrid. Yeah. Right. So, um, what we found, we had to do our annual conference last year virtual, mm-hmm. and uh, we followed the chat, uh, you know, on on every single session. And what we found out was the diehards that wanted to be together were saying, thank you for doing this. It's not as good as being in person. Yeah. But on the other end of the spectrum, we had a lot of people that said, my venue doesn't send me to these events. This is the first venue yeah. connect I've ever gone to. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, that's true. So for me as CEO of, of the association, it was, wow, you know what? We have to start digitizing yeah. and we've got to be available to more people. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, you know, there's no question that um, the number of people that will uh, continue to attend events live will continue to grow. At the same time, you're going to reach more people. So analogy I, I would use because I spent most of my time in the venues on professional sports side is TV. You can watch the game on TV yeah. and yet you still get crowds. And it's yeah. that TV that is really that marketing piece of, wow, this is great. I wonder what it's like being live. Absolutely. And then they go and they find out it's a much better experience in most cases. Um, and that uh, there really is, uh, you know, a new opportunity uh, as you know, uh, convention centers are now uh, building their own uh, production. Yeah, absolutely. Services. And, uh, you know, they're going in the right direction to where they can do the hybrids and or they can do the virtuals and they can do it at the convention center. And if you aren't doing that, you'll be left behind. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. So that brings me up to my next point. I want to talk a little bit about IVM and Venue Connect, which is the reason why you're in Atlanta with yeah. us today is previewing some sites. So we will be actually hosting the Venue Connect, your association trade show this year. Tell us a little bit about that and what can people uh, expect to see or hear hybrid model or in person or what we're going to see. Yeah. So uh, we're taking a little different approach on the hybrid side. 
uh, and I'll get to that. But um, we're coming in August 2 through 5, so a month from now, from when we're doing this recording. I have registered. I will be oh, attending my you. first one. Appreciate so I'm that. excited to I'm excited Good. to be there. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do pretty much everything we've done in the past, um, albeit uh, we've, we've moved things around. It won't look exactly the same, but mm-hmm. it'll, you know, it'll feel familiar. Um, we've got all of our education uh, programs are set and ready to go. Um, we've got a good number of allied uh, members uh, that are the service uh, organizations, you know, that, that uh, manufacture and serve our industry. That'll be on the exhibit floor. Um, we've got uh, a couple of real good keynote speakers, one to open up, uh, one to close it down. Um, you know, we've got some uh, really um, diverse uh, um, topics that we're going to be bringing up, you know, uh, safety and security, uh, diversity and, and inclusivity. Um, we're, we're uh, you know, we're also... Uh, one thing that we've seen as people are coming back is they're a little jittery, uh, a little rusty, trying to remember how to do things. Yeah. So we're keeping everything uh, on a high upbeat um, and and telling them that uh, you're fortunate to be able to work in an industry that takes uh, care of so many people in so many different yeah, ways. Absolutely. Um, and. Uh, uh, you know, it, it'll it'll be a great uh, a great event. We're going to do a big party uh, on the last night, Thursday night. We're going to be in the Delta Club over at the stadium, and uh, people who have not been there, it's spectacular. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful the, facility. Yeah, it's down on the plain surface area and opens up out to the to the field. Uh, but the inside of that uh, space is is just spectacular, and it, you know it'll be a fun night where everybody can. Uh, let their hair down and and celebrate that uh, you know they had a great success here at the Georgia World Congress Center uh, for the event itself. And uh, you know we our industry people create relationships for life, yeah. and uh, you get to know somebody, and they might be you know clear on the other side of the world uh, working in a venue, but you keep in touch with them, you learn from them. Uh, you know, you, you're able to commiserate with them when it's appropriate and celebrate with them, you know, more often than not. And, um, it's just a great experience of all of our venue managers being able to come back and see one another that, uh, you know, they normally get to see two, three, four times a year. Now, now we're, we'll kick off, uh, you know, the, the new year, um, uh, I know. I know that, for example, GWCC. It's it's your uh, first day of your new fiscal year, and most of the venues operate on that fiscal yeah. year because this the event cycle is, you know, uh, coming back around, coming back around, and 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 at the same time, you look at hockey, uh, basketball, um, uh, you know, and the like. And and uh, if you start in July, then your rotation of your events in a year are happening both from the physical standpoint of what you expect, but it also makes it easier for the budgeting purpose for the yeah. fiscal year. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I've noticed about being in this industry is how small of a world it is. Everybody knows everybody. You know, we were talking before this about yep. people that we knew that yep. worked together and stuff. And I think uh, that's the thing that I'm looking most society to is meeting people, you know, that 
uh, are in my industry and working stuff, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. If somebody was on the fence about attending Venue Connect or doing more professional development or even becoming a member of IEVM, what would you – what would be, be your pitch? To well, there's going to be a lot of resources there uh, from the education standpoint. You're going to have the allied members. We, you know, we have a program that's called uh, "We're Here to Help," and it's the allied members are always telling us what their product or their service is. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to meet with those individuals face to face. And as we know, technology continues to change daily. And uh, to be able to uh, sit and talk to some of those companies about what's the newest technologies that are coming down the road, um, how can we best prepare for it? Yeah. How's it going to make us more efficient? How's, how's it going to make it, the guest experience better, et cetera? And you can get that uh, information all in one place. Um, and, you know, that, that, that part of our industry where we gather together, you know, we may compete against one another. Yes. Think about it. Yeah. You know, for example, Venue Connect yeah. happens once a year. So there's going to be one building that's going to host our event for us. Yeah. And next year I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. But I guarantee you that you're talking with the people at our next location. You know, we're, we're going to Phoenix next year. Yeah. And um, there there's no competitive nature in our industry between our professionals. Yeah. They're willing to share because they know that if everybody's successful, they can be even the more next one successful. can be successful too. Before I let you go, Brad, um, kind of discuss other professional development opportunities that that are available to to people who are you know thinking about joining IVM or members and yeah. haven't taken advantage of it. So I, I know that. venue management school, any yeah. of that stuff that you would like to talk about? Yeah. Well, our annual conferences uh, really aim more so towards the top executives. Yeah. Um, all the all the other events that we do uh, really are aimed at everybody. Yeah. And, and so we have the Academy uh, of Venue Safety and Security. Okay. Uh, we talk about uh, severe weather. We talk about cybersecurity. We talk about uh, physical security. Um, talk about, uh, you know, we do, uh, uh, situational awareness and live shooter training. Um, and, and we bring in experts. We, we've got, uh, two of our instructors, uh, work the Olympics, wherever the Olympics are. And, uh, you know, the, so we've got one that talks about, uh, risk, risk management, for example, um, something that, you know, the, the frontline workers don't think that much about, but really should be um, so that they understand that uh, in, in their responsibility of handling security, that there are certain things you shouldn't do. Um, yeah. And there are way to de- ways to de-escalate as opposed to getting physical, uh, et cetera. So uh, that's, that's a real good program and, and, uh, always well attended. We also have the guest experience. It's called Guest X. Okay. And um, people that come to that are mostly the front of house folks that are, uh, you know, ticket sales and ushers and ticket takers and doormen and yeah. and directors and the like. And um, again, uh, you know, everything we do there is about making that experience for the guest. Uh, one that wants that particular individual that comes to your venue to come back again and again and again. We've got the venue management school. Um, you know, that's the, that's always been the crown jewel for IVM. We, I think we've, uh, I haven't looked at the number for about four years now, but we're probably in excess of over 
uh, 3,000 individuals who have attended oh, wow. uh, venue management school. And, uh, you know, you get together with uh, 300 other professionals, um, 19 topics each year. It's a two-year program. And then we have a new uh, program. I say new. It's uh, probably, what, 16, 17 years new, um, <laughs> which is the Graduate Institute. Yeah. So. So at, at VMS, those topics are one hour, and it's it's an overview. You, you don't really get into in-depth discussions about it. But at the um, Graduate Institute, it's all about leadership, and it's the the why you do what you're doing yeah. and how you do it. Yeah. And uh, they're three-hour classes each. Uh, so it's a, a quite a bit different experience than just learning about, hey, you know, even if you work in operations, you should know something about ticketing or about finance uh, or about marketing. Um, and uh, gives you a, will, a real well-rounded understanding of really what it takes to yeah. make an event take, or a, a venue operate. Um, we, we started a brand new one. This will be our first year. We're actually doing it in uh, partnership with Venue Solutions Group, okay. uh, Russ Simons and his uh, organization. That is for the hands-on operators, you know, the engineers, the um, the plumbers, the electricians, um, you know, sanitation people, yeah. people that are hands-on in the operation of the building. And uh, that's something we, we haven't done a lot of uh, in the past. And, and uh, as we all know, if the building and its systems aren't operating, we're not going to be successful. Yeah. So we felt it important to put that together. Um we have the Senior Executive Symposium that has been held at Cornell University and taught by Cornell professors. And uh, it's all about leadership. Okay. And um, uh, that's an intimate group. We uh, we usually have capacity for 60 people, and we okay. usually get the 60 people. But these are it's really for the top executives. And uh, you're hearing from the, you know, the number one hospitality school. Yeah. Uh, in the United States, yeah, absolutely, uh, and you get to go to Cornell and on campus, and yeah. you get a you know a, a collegiate experience that uh, you probably have if you're like me, you haven't had for <laughs> quite a long <laughs> yeah, time. Absolutely. Uh, so that's a that's a great event that we do as well, and um, and then we've got a lot of resources online. Uh, we do webinars and podcasts. We have our uh, venue professional magazine. Um, and that magazine is uh, very well read. Uh, people like to get it because we always put one of our members on the front cover. Okay. We tell their story. Um, they get to uh, talk about what their experiences are, what they've learned, um, where they think the industry might be going, et cetera. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, specific, old, or specific articles in there as well for each one of our sectors. So, Stadium people are writing about stadiums, arenas, or about arenas, convention centers, so on. So uh, we we do have uh, a lot of different resources, and uh, and the other thing that uh, you know that we're starting to do right now because of what we talked about earlier, uh, we're bringing in a handful of uh, uh, headhunter agencies yeah. to visit with people. So it doesn't matter if you're. If you're working and you're happy and you're not looking for work, um, you can still go in and sit down and, and say, well, what are the executives in these uh, venues looking for yeah. to make sure that you become a better person? Yeah. But if you're looking for work or if you're trying to hire somebody, um, you know, then uh, we're going to do uh, 
both virtual and uh, face-to-face yeah. uh, programming uh, during the conference for that. Um, if people wanted to visit your website, where could they find it at? It's uh, real simple. So IAVM, that's International Association of Venue Managers. So it's IAVM.org. Pretty simple. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brad, <laughs> for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate it.